Hey, I'm Dustin. And I'm Steve. Welcome back, listeners, to the finest phototainment in the world. That's right. You're listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast, an irreverent look at wedding photography. This podcast, like aspirin, will help you recover from your wedding hangover. Dustin. Steven. I made a huge mistake tonight, and I went to... I went to... Dustin, I feel bad I was saying this. I went to Taco Bell, Dustin. And you know what they got? They got that beefy crunch burrito back, Dustin. That's my favorite thing in the world. I'm going to gain like 20 pounds this month. Steve, are we are we not recording this in person? Oh, I'm sorry. What is the past illusion of our what we're calling the forgotten files of the wedding photo hangover? Oh, you don't want to go with me down this Taco Bell rabbit hole. That's what you're saying. You want just... to instead talk to the listeners about how we recorded this episode once already, and the audio got screwed up, and we couldn't release it on time. Is that that's what you want to do? I just want to say it's... Because uh, when I bite into the Beefy Crunch burrito, it's like <laughs> this amalgamash of like beef and crunch, I want to say. And it's just so good in my mouth feels and then also in my tummy feels. Everybody likes some good mm-hmm. tummy feels. Yeah, but it's not good for long because it's got all that cheese and all that other stuff that just wrecks you. Mm, everybody likes a good wrecking. Mm-hmm. I, didn't know, I didn't know you were doing a cleanse. Yeah, a Taco Bell cleanse, a beefy crunch burrito cleanse. Yeah. Doesn't, it's deliciousness in all of its finest forms. It's probably the worst thing for you. Jen told me it was the most disgusting thing she'd ever seen in her life. Mm. But it's so so good. It's exquisite. Exquisite fast dining, fast food dining. Mm. Mm. It's like Chipotle, just not as good. Mm, Better cheese. I want to say better cheese. Is that is that their tagline? Better cheese, better ingredients, but without the better ingredients for less money. Taco Bell will wreck you. <laughs> Get on that Taco Bell diet, Dustin. Steven. we got some follow up. We got some follow up to get into here now. Can we can we call it re re follow up? Re follow up. Second go at this. Fo- it's okay because the first time we went for this follow up on the uh, the lost episode, the lost episode. Yeah, the lost episode. Dustin, Steven. Jen and I talked about shooting weddings where the bride or the groom was in a wheelchair, but neither Jen nor I really had any first hand experience shooting a wedding like this. But yeah, you have Dustin. So fill us in. Give us the deets. What you do? I I am a true professional, like Steve said, where uh, I have shot all weddings of all kinds. Oh, that was a good one, Steve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Still talking about the but, weddings. Yeah. Yeah. I had a wedding where the groom was in a wheelchair and uh, I'm not going to lie, I was a little nervous, like uh, Jennifer talked about. I did my good fair share of due diligence and research. Mm-hmm. Would you say you were a good, good boy? No, Stephen, no. Mm-hmm. Okay, just checking. Okay. He was super confident to get in and out of the wheelchair. So we just did a ton of sitting poses, and uh, I found a lot of areas that had steps and benches and the different backdrops that still allowed him to sit um, so that not all of the photos were done in the wheelchair. They were really happy with the results uh, because I was super nervous. 
And that gave me a lot more confidence when it came to the wedding photos, especially when we showed up and we realized almost the entire groomsman plan was uh, in wheelchairs as well. Did you know ahead of time that many of the groomsmen would also be in wheelchairs? So was that a surprise to you on the day? That was a surprise because that's not something I typically bring up. That's like not in a pre-consult. Hey, by the way, uh, are any of your bridal party also handicapped? Um, it's just not something, I mean, it made sense because the groom, uh, has been in a wheelchair his entire life. So mm-hmm. he's in like a ton of clubs and organizations that do wheelchair related activities such as basketball. And, um, I think he's been a volunteer at like the special Olympics before, and he helps out with one of the handicap training. I don't know what it's called but it's like where they kind of help people adjust to being in a wheelchair so he's a lot of his friends and you know people he hangs out with are also in wheelchairs so it made sense do you want to talk about what you're drinking tonight uh i am drinking water tonight steven because i have a terrible terrible migraine but but you're still here still listening to my voice i i don't know why because your voice just brings me so much comfort so much joy it's uh, a true, not only a wedding photo hangover cure, but it's just a cure in general. Little bassy, though, I heard from you earlier tonight. Little bassy. Mm. That's what does it for me. Just gets into my earlobes and opens them up. Mm. So, Dustin. Steven. Tonight, I am drinking a single hop Citra IPL from Sierra Nevada. But Steven, as much as that might excite our listeners, I think what might excite them more is what you were drinking last week. That's what I was trying to push you into. And then you decided to take us on a weird tangent where you just talked about how somebody in a wedding drove up in a Maserati. I like cars. I can't help it. It, They excite me. Last week, I was in town working with Dustin on a shoot. And Dustin took me to a brewery called Gnome Town Brewery. Mm -hmm. But it was like the restaurant side, which is called the Hoppy Gnome. And we had a lot of good beers. A lot, a lot, a lot of good beers. So good that... uh, I don't remember anything about that night. Certain audio technicians uh, that might may or may not have been certified to properly handle audio did not uh, properly handle it. Uh, I didn't set up any of the audio for that recording, Dustin. That was all you. Steven, I never said I was referencing you, (laughs) nor did I say I was blaming you. Uh, whether or not Evan Dawson blames you, I don't know. I can't be held responsible for these things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was a that was a reference to the Facebook group. If you're not a part of it, you really should join because then you'll get all of uh, Dustin's inside jokes. They're inside the Facebook group. Dustin, do we want to move on to some like real topics? I, I I suppose, Steve. What what topics did you want to discuss this evening, this morning? Dustin, wherever... when I was in town with you, I got to see. Dustin McKibben, Dustin underscore McKibben in all of his photography glory. That's right. I went to a photo meetup. What what would you call that thing we were at? Uh, It's a local Fort Wayne photography club. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's filled with... And they brought in celebrity judge. I'll rise for the honorable judge, Dustin. Some may say grandmaster photographer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I believe Steve has coined that for me. Yeah. Grandmaster photographer Dustin, Dustin McKibben. 100% uh, agreed all the way. Some say perhaps maybe the raddest photographer <laughs> in all the land. Okay. You, you want to get into that? I'm just saying, Steve. So, uh, I what refuse Dustin's to let at, all the lost episode be lost. <laughs> what Dustin's getting at there is uh, during... During the photo contest that Dustin was judging, um, he, he went through and can you kind of just explain the process of what you were doing? Sure. So each month, the uh, group as a whole submits images to be judged in certain categories. Uh, I think there's typically four categories. Uh, and then myself and two other judges, we judge silently using a keypad. Uh, the images and then at the end all of the scores are tabulated and like first second and third are announced and then after that the participants have the option to have us critique their images if they you know perhaps didn't agree with the score that we gave mm -hmm. um, for their picture and this is where as a judge um, and a grandmaster we really get our opportunity to shine um, especially being that I am primarily a wedding and portrait photographer um, and everyone in this group is primarily a landscape and bird nature, pick. nature bird photographer. Pick, nature so much. Bird pick. Um, well, considering one of my co-judges was a, uh, I believe the term they used was forester. Mm -hmm. um, means he's a master of the forest, I think. Sounds I don't like really it. Yeah, but um, I mean, you'd think they'd call him a forest master if he's a master of the forest. So anyway, Steve was uh, sitting in the back of the room, um, enjoying all of this goodness he was uh, See, now, getting to witness. Um, when Dustin asked me if I wanted to go to this thing with him, I wanted to go because I thought it would be really fun and interesting to watch Dustin judge other people's work. <laughs> and uh, what I found out was it was really boring because they didn't talk about anything. They just pushed little buttons on their computer. And uh, one guy next to Dustin apparently kept saying, oops, hit the wrong button. Well, can't go back and correct that. Um, so it was, it was not fun. And it, it, was, it was very boring. But then when they got to the part where people could judge, the very first picture up was... Critique. Critique. Oh, critique. Sorry. Yeah. You already judged. Um, yeah. The very first picture up that somebody asked to be critiqued was a dude on a wakeboard jumping in the air. And yeah. they went to critique this photo and the other judges looked at Dustin and were like, do you want to comment on this? And I was like, oh man, I'm pumped for this. This is what I came here for. I want to hear those good, good Dustin critiques. And so Steve uh, texts me. Dustin said, uh, no, if somebody else wants to start, that's a cool and I was instantly like, no way. What just happened? Did Dustin just pass the buck? So then I texted Dustin because I thought maybe he could use a little help. And I was like, Dustin, that dude on the wakeboard, uh, that photo, why don't you just say it's, it's f***ing rad. So? And uh, Dustin did not say that. And then I thought it'd be really funny if every single photo that came up, I texted Dustin and told him that he should say it was f***ing rad. And Dustin did not say it at all, ever. Uh, or at least that's what I thought. And so I just thought I was having this funny joke in the back where I kept texting Dustin to say, oh man, you should say that photo looks fucking rad, dude. It looks like the raddest 
that was the one that looked like a clitoris. It looked like a clitoris. And I was like, you should say that's the raddest abstract representation of a clitoris you've ever seen. It was really like a milk drop or something like it was, that. Yeah. A, it's very sexual. It's so weird. High speed uh, milk drop photo. Yeah. And so Dustin just kept ignoring me. And then all of a sudden, I forget what the photo was, but they go through <laughs> to critique it. What, what one was it, Dustin? That was the one. It was, it was not that one. Was yeah. One. No, it was totally that one. Uh, they were wrapping up, and the guy next to me was like, Dustin, do you have anything you want to add? And Dustin just under his breath goes, I think it's really rad. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it's a room full of, like, 30, 40 people, and they're all just, like, sitting there silently, like, listening to these critiques. And Dustin just kind of mutters, I think it's rad under his breath. And I was in the back row, and I just lost it. <laughs> and uh, I think the best part was there was like this kid next to me in junior high and it was like this kid's first time ever at this photo thing. And throughout the entire thing, whenever a photo would come up to be critiqued, this kid was there with their uncle and their uncle uh, would lean over and explain to them what the person got right or wrong with the photo. Oftentimes the uncle had no idea what he was talking about, but, you know, he's still trying to nurture this, uh, this kid into loving photography and to understanding what was good and right. And, um... I just lose it laughing, and this kid just looks back at their uncle and says, what the hell is he laughing about? <laughs> it was real awkward, but I couldn't stop laughing. That's what I love about you, Steve. You can't hold it in. And I never do, no. Uh, it was it was quite possibly, the reason Dustin wanted to bring this up again after uh, we lost the episode where I brought it up is because I told Dustin it was quite possibly the funniest thing that happened to me all week. One of the funniest things that may have ever happened to me in my life, Dustin just slyly throwing out there, I think it's rad. Oh, this abstract photo of what looks kind of like a clitoris? Yeah, I think that's rad. Uh, what's funny is I worked it into the interview the next day at the shoot. <laughs> Sadly, you weren't there, though, so it wasn't nearly as funny. Oh, Dustin. Okay. It's okay. I would have blown out the audio if you'd said that. I'll leave it in the final cut. Nice. I'll go in the... Uh, Deleted scenes. Dustin, is there anything else you wanted to talk about from the the lost episode, the missing episode? I think I think we just let it be lost. Just let it be lost. Okay, because Dustin did this whole thing where he tried to make me talk about uh, my time in the Dominican oh, Republic. And that was, was last weekend. It was very much like listening to your aunt and uncle tell you about their trip to Jamaica. And it was real bad and real boring, and I'm very just, glad we're cutting it. Well, let's cut the boring part about the actual wedding that everyone mm -hmm. cares to hear about. No, nobody wants to hear about that. Irrelevant. Like, Aunt Margaret, show me them pictures. What that beach look like, Aunt Margaret? I think what what we really want to do, Steve, is we want to take a quick little tiptoe into what I'm calling the drone zone <laughs> to hear about your drone flight, Steve. Okay, what Dustin's getting at, what he said he wanted to know more about was there are several things that went wrong at the wedding in the Dominican. So without further ado, let's cross over into the Drone Zone. So the first thing was the night before, I went out at sunset to fly my drone 
which you know it's just gonna get some real beautiful sunset shots of the place where you're staying and the beach and everything um just kind of wanted to test the drone out see see how it would fly in the dominican make sure everything was working fine in case mm -hmm. i want to do some more mm -hmm. shots the next day and i get out put the drone up in the air take off you know and i press the joystick you know to thr throttle forward with the drone moving it forward dustin and yeah. the drone disconnected somehow from from the uh, the controller and just started moving forward and i no longer had any control over it, it was that sounds very, fantastic it was very windy and like once the drone got up in the air i got something like one of those magnetic interference things which i thought usually kept mm -hmm. you from like taking off entirely yeah. but had that happen yeah. today yep yeah so uh, the drone then was flying forward at like four feet up in the air towards a crowd of people and I'm like freaking out because I don't know what to do or how to get control of it. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened, but uh, it's not responding to the joystick that controls like front, back, left, right, but mm -hmm. it does respond to the joystick that's like turn left, right, or like not turn, but you know, like rotate the drone left and right and move it up and down. And so uh, it moves up. I'm able to move it up and fly it over the people. And then uh, because I didn't have any, like it's still not responding to the other control, which would guide it forwards and backwards and stuff. So I realize it's going to keep just flying forward. and I'm going to lose it because it'll fly off the resort and it's not safe to leave the resort after sunset. So it's not like I could chase it down. Um, so I brought it back down and intentionally crashed it into a hedgerow. I just, I wish I could have been there to witness this or you had had video of uh, this. I mean, I'm sure it all happened in a matter of mere seconds. Yeah, it was, it was split like 10, second decision. 10 to 20 seconds. It was, it was crazy. And I thought I was going to murder some people, but I didn't. So we're all good. And then the next day I took the drone out and it... Uh, I decided to try to fly in an area where I couldn't see anyone anywhere around me, and then it worked and everything was fine. So, I mean, silver good. line, silver lining is the resort now doesn't have to uh, trim their hedges. <laughs> right? Yeah, silver lining. They just got a drone-shaped hole going yeah. partway through one of them. It now sponsored good. by DJI. <laughs> Oh, man. But you got the shots you needed? Yeah, yeah. But the, the other thing that happened was, so the bride the day before her wedding, uh, the, the bride being my sister-in-law, Jen's sister, we were on like a catamaran, and we were all like drinking, having a good time. We went snorkeling and did like some swimming at like a sandbar like sort of thing. At one point in time, something happened that was really funny. I probably shouldn't say what it was, but it was very funny. And the uh, bride laughed so hard that, like, she came down under the force of her laughter, like, brought her face down and hit it against one of the metal railings and gave herself a black eye. Mm. And then the morning of the wedding, the groom was playing golf and he got stung in the face. So both of them had swollen faces <laughs> during the actual wedding ceremony. So did you start like a hashtag, like hashtag we so swole? That would have been great, but no, no. Oh, damn, Steve, come on. I expect more. 
Sorry, bud. I wasn't on my A game. I wasn't thinking. Also, while I was there, so Maybe I was because you were a, drunk all weekend. Yeah. I, also, while I was there, I was shooting a time lapse one morning, and while I was shooting the time lapse with my camera of the sun rising, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna throw my iPhone down in the sand and shoot like a time lapse of like the waves and the beach and everything. Some cool cloud movement out there. And it seemed like a really awesome idea and a good thing to do at the time because the waves were nowhere near me. And then about 10 minutes later, as the tide was apparently coming in, which I thought it was going out at the time, I was wrong though. And a wave washed up and hit my phone and also the tripod. But the camera, the camera is fine, but the phone did get a little bit wet. And then I made the mistake of trying to plug it back into my charger when I got back to the room without like drying it out the lightning port because the phone's water resistant, but the lightning port still, you know, not great. And I, I destroyed our, our lightning cables to charge our phones. I love how you said you didn't want to talk about all the boring elements of the wedding week. Well, last and... time you were like, so what was it like on the beach? What was it like in the sand? Like, I want to skip that stuff. Like, I don't yeah. want to be like Jen and I went for a ride in some dune buggies and it was real cool. It was hella cool, dog. Uh, yeah, I don't that's care about any boring. of that. But like, talking about people getting black eyes, that's fun, buddy. I want to know more about like, what adversity you had to overcome to shoot this wedding on the beach. Mm. Oh yeah. Well I was doing photos and uh, I made the mistake of saying I'd try to get some video too. So the entire time I was shooting, I had one camera set up on a tripod recording video, another uh, like a DSLR, a 5D Mark III. And then I was shooting the wedding with the 5D Mark IV doing photo. And I was like, I could try to switch back and forth between photo and video That's a terrible idea. on my 5D Mark IV. And that would really suck and be terrible. And I was like, you know what? They don't really care that much about like the video stuff. They just want something recorded. So I'll just hold my phone up and get a few shots with my phone doing video. And what that turned into for some reason in my stupid brain was I'm just going to let the phone roll the entire time. And I'm just going to hold it up and try to keep it steady. And, you know, if I can use any of it, I will. So for 20 minutes straight, I was holding my phone in one hand and then bringing the camera up in my other hand. And at the end, both of my wrists hurt really bad. This is a bad, bad idea. I think uh, what you should have done in retrospect um, is brought me with you. Yeah, yeah. I, w I wish, I wish you wouldn't have been in Connecticut. Otherwise, I could have brought you with me. Well, my shoot was canceled. I could have easily come. <sighs> yeah, I already too, had plane too, ticket vouchers. Too late for me to, to book you a room in the plane ticket. I mean, I guess you could have just shared the bed with me and Jen, right? Yeah, yeah. That is Dustin's style. That just is my style. Up right in between us. It would have been great. Uh, I don't have any boundaries. That is 100% true. Dustin. Steven. Do you, you want to move into Q&A? Q&A. Let's do it, bud. Let's do some Q&A. Let's do it. Yeah, so a uh, good, good friend of the show, Mr. Lucas McBride of Unscripted Visuals. Danny McBride's butt brother? Uh, Danny McBride's cousin. Mm, okay, cool, cool, cool. Twi twice removed from Aunt Darlene's side. Oh, nice. But not to be confused with Louis McBride. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Just making sure you're on the same yeah, page. No, no, totally. Um, that's Uncle Jack's brother's kid. Can you but, talk okay. more about the McBride okay. family tree? <laughs> I think our listeners are really loving this part of the podcast. I know I am. And I would really love to hear you break it down. Uh, like, where do the McBrides chase, trace their heritage back to? Uh, to a little a little village over in Italy. Um, in Italy? They, uh, with a last yeah. name like McBride. I know. I know. It's, it's actually a funny story. So there was a Joseph... Mickle, he came over from Just Ireland. Okay. Yep, he came over from Ireland, but then he was killed when he landed on the shores of Italy. But so this he, has nothing to do with his heritage or his, I no, mean his lineage, but, because he was killed on the shores. But he had this barrel mm-hmm. of brides. A barrel of brides. <laughs> so he was a slaver. That's what you're trying to tell us. No, because in uh, Ireland, bride is a type of cheese. Mm, and okay, so okay, he had okay. this on his boat. And then this family found him. A bride him. barrel. Yeah. And Definitely they not said, selling women. And they saw him, and he had his name tattooed across his chest in true Irish fashion. And they saw <laughs> Mickle and Bride, and they're like, from now on, this is the village of McBride. Mm, and, not Mickle yeah, Bride? No, they they thought McBride had a little bit better branding opportunity. Nice, nice. Yeah, so that's where they hail. Man, it was it was great to hear the uh, story of Luke McBride, <laughs> his heritage. Yeah. Trace it back, genealogist. That mm-hmm. shiznag. And you can trace your genealogy back as well. Yeah. Oh, that wasn't a sponsor break. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great, though. Uh, Dustin, let's move into it. What, what did Luke ask? Uh, besides Ancestry.com questions, <clears throat> Luke was asking about uh, whether or not... So Luke is a videographer, not a photographer. And uh, he was asking... Uh, Dustin, um, real quick before we get into this, do you want to explain the lineage of videographers versus photographers <laughs> as well? Is that something you want to get into? Or we just I doing McBrides s- today and skipping that? I want to save that for our super secret uh, Patreon episodes. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay. And uh, so Luke is a videographer first and foremost, and he gets a little jealous uh, that photographers have all of these images that they can just throw up on Instagram. That's uh, their job. Super quick. Yeah. It's their job to shoot images. That's why they have images (laughs) to throw up. And... Luke's like, hey, here I am shooting 4K video, mm. and I'm getting what, these... What's, what's Luke shooting? Video or photos? Uh, he's shooting 4K. And video or photos? Was it video or um, photos? It's a, this will a be important of, later. It's a series of photos shot at 24 frames a second, um, in which creates a series of sequences, very story-like. Some call it video. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. so anyways, so he's shooting these images in video form and he's like man i could pull these stills and just throw them on instagram um just to have content to share Mm, with my followers mm -hmm. okay 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 and he was listening to a podcast from the uh film poets i'm probably butchering that um but they were talking about how photographers were hating on them for doing that. Yeah, yeah, because it's probably breaking their contracts, which say they'll be the only photographer at the wedding. 
So he was curious what you and I's thoughts were. Uh, and I, I mean, I know you're, you're such a sweetheart and you love uh, other vendors helping each other out. And I know how you like to uh, empower other vendors to help their own mm-hmm, businesses, mm-hmm, regardless mm-hmm. of things like contracts or, uh, you know, what other people might think. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. no. Yeah, I got it. I uh, figured you would be all about letting videographers share stills. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> that. Uh, let's just say, like, we go, we're, we're shooting a wedding with a videographer. This videographer is like, hey, I'm going to post some stills from this. And I'm just going to be like, oh, cool. I'm actually going to post some videos from this then, too. Like, I feel like that's a, pretty cool, right? Like, they might... They wouldn't be mad at all that you were posting videos from the the wedding that they were hired to do the video for, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it wouldn't be a breach of their contract that said that they'd be the only videographer there if you were posting videos at all. Correct. Right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So I mean I think Absolutely. we clear that all up. Uh and no. Gosh, yeah. gosh, this is the stupidest thing ever. Look, here, here's what it comes down to. As a videographer, whatever you shoot, you own the copyright to. You can do whatever the hell you want with it. Um, where it gets a little bit murky, though, is if you're shooting a wedding and the photographer has something in their contract that says they will be the only photographer hired. Now, if you start sharing still images, um, you're, there's a very good chance you're in breach of the photographer's contract with the bride and groom at that point in time. So what happens in that scenario, then? Let's go down that rabbit hole. Mm, let's go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. So let's let's role play. You're a photographer, dare I say, and you're at a wedding, and the videographer posts some stills, and you. What do you do? What does the great Stephen Van Elk do to handle that breach of his contract? Mm, that's yes. a great question, Dustin. What you're, that's what I'm what, here for. What you're positing right now is that videographers have the upper hand and that there's nothing a photographer can do. I'm not saying that there's nothing a photographer mm-hmm. can do. I'm just simply asking what would a photographer do? Like you, Stephen, a great uh, Indiana well, man. Well, here's the thing. If I knew that the videographer was planning on posting still images, I would probably be like, hey... I'm taking them out for portraits right now. And when the videographer's like, awesome, I'm just going to shoot over your shoulder. I'd be like, no way. You will not be shooting any of this at all. You can shoot your own stuff in whatever time the bride and groom have allotted for you. I don't see any of it on the schedule, but whatever. I would love to see that conversation transpire. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean... They're stepping in on your turf if they're going to be like, hey, I'm going to deliver images from this wedding. Like, look at it this way, Dustin. If the bride and groom hired a second photographer to be at the wedding, even though you had something in your contract saying you couldn't have a second photographer there, what would you do? Say that one more time. If the bride and groom were like, hey, we're going to have a second photographer there, even though your contract states you're the only photographer, what would you do? Would you be like, oh, no, no, come come along with me, shoot over my shoulder, uh, just capture everything that I'm capturing, and, you know, whatevs. Yeah, I actually have a wedding that has that happening here coming up uh, in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. So I'll I'll let you know how that goes. (laughs) Yeah, how pumped are you for that wedding? Uh, I actually forgot about it until we talked about it a few episodes ago, in which case then I forgot about it again until just now. So Probably because I was giving you a hard time about that 
juicy ass story that you're holding back from our listeners that's on the same sub- subject line yeah so i need to uh dustin's got the juiciest ass and he's holding it back from listeners i think she sh- i think this particular person shoots video mm-hmm. and she wants to shoot video alongside us even though we're doing video and photo this is so, very strange yeah if she's like oh. trying to get her start in the video world or w- what's going on here yeah, she's trying to get her start in the video world. I asked her to come along to some weddings before this one because this is a really big one for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she said, no, I'm too busy, but I'll see you in October. And, and you I'm didn't like, respond back with, oh, that's okay. Uh, you won't be shooting video in October then. I know. We have to I, know I that just, we can trust you on a very right. base level and that you yeah, won't like, screw everything up for us. Yeah, This is our job. So I need to I need to circle back with the bride on that one tomorrow. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> yeah, you should circle back with her and be like, "Yeah, look, I know I said it was cool, but no way in hell." Yeah. Just like that, that intonation. Actually, I'll just cut that part of the podcast out for you, send it to you, and you can just play that back to your bride. Perfect. Yeah, I'm always looking out for you, bud. People helping people. People helping people. So, Dustin, where do you come down on this? Uh, So, Steve, originally when uh, we recorded what we're referring to as the lost episodes, I was kind of like on the side of the videographer. But that was more so, I think, because typically we do photo and video in tandem. So I didn't quite see the problem with it. Mm -hmm. And Luke is a dear, dear friend. And I know he never has malicious intent when uh posting these things so i don't feel like he's trying to steal my business or oh anything. Wait, wait, wait time out on that luke does video but what is his mm-hmm. wife uh his wife is a sweet sweet human being and she professionally what is she a... uh, she's professionally steven she's professionally luke's wife she's professionally a photographer dustin that's what you're looking for so when luke posts still images and people see that good good luke mcbride image who are they going to contact for photos are they going to contact dustin mckibben are they going to be like you know what i like those mcbrides i'm gonna I'm contact luke's wife I mean, hopefully they don't get Luke and Lewis McBride mixed up and they contact second Jerry's first cousin, Billy's. Oh, we're back on Luke's lineage. (laughs) Oh, and what a long lineage it is, my friend. But, um, so now that I've given it some more thought and had an extra week to digest the topic, I feel that Stephen made some valid points in his first argument go around i I didn't uh, make any valid points today but last time i made such good points yeah you guys you guys missed so many good points and uh because you also talked about last time how if they really want something to share it's not really that difficult to just take one of the sequences that they're pulling a still from (gasps) and just post that no, I've been sitting more. on that one. I was I was going to whip it out in case you tried to like uh, disagree with me like you did last time, but you didn't. Well, I was trying to play devil's advocate Now last I'm bummed time. out, Dustin. I wanted I, to just I'm whip sorry. that out. But you, 
man. Uh, so one thing I see uh, videographers do around me is when they shoot something that's like, oh, this parts of the day was so cool. I want to share it. Instead of sharing a still image from it, they'll just share like a four second clip. So when they shoot something, does it get real, real bloody around you? Oh my gosh, it gets the bloodiest. Welcome to hunting season here in Indiana. That was so bad. That was so bad. <laughs> is that too redneck for you? Uh, it was the fact that you were taking shooting, which is something everybody says about photo and video and <laughs> trying to make a shooting joke. And we've been doing this for over a year and we hadn't done it yet. And I was like, fingers crossed, we'll never do it. And then you <laughs> did it. It's because all I've been seeing today on Facebook is everyone and their brother posting pictures of the deer, the poor, poor Bambi they killed. And I'm just like, why? Welcome to Indiana. Welcome to Indiana, where we teach our kids that it's something to be proud of to hunt and kill some innocent little beast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I agree with you. Um, I'm not a big fan of hunting, but I am a big fan of holding a gun in your hand and shooting it. Like, oh man, the power oh. you feel from that. Like at a shooting range or something, but I don't think I, I should think... own a gun. I don't think most people should own guns. Uh, I'm very anti-gun, but like holding a gun and shooting, oh man, <laughs> that's a good feel. That's a good, good feel. I'm just saying if we could genetically modify deer and put some sort of a laser gun on their heads, it would so just- So now the deer can fight back. Exactly. It would make hunting that more respectable. When I see, you know, my cousins in their camo with the deer hanging from the thing, I'm like, you know, and then some scorch marks on their vests. Like, you know, they nearly died killing that thing. You know, I'd be impressed if like they came back and they were like, yeah, no gun. All you see are teeth marks on this deer. I took it down myself. <laughs> That'd be very or, impressive. Or do something like shark hunting. You know, something that's a little bit more... You know, the, the person or thing you're going after has a fighting chance. Shark hunting? <laughs> I mean, they call that, that would fishing. Be little... <laughs> oh, is that what that's called? Yeah. Yeah. The, not, the shark doesn't really I'm, have a chance. I'm not talking about from a boat, man. I'm saying you're diving underwater, nothing but your bare hands. They call that spear fishing. <laughs> and it's your teeth versus their teeth. Mm, okay. There we go. Teeth versus teeth. I like that. Um, Dustin. To get back to the question, video, photo. Um, so the videographers out there shooting, they got yeah. like a, the, whatever they're going to shoot is more than like, or share, it's more than likely going to be like their, their like hero shot from the day, like their very best shot. So why would they just share the still image of that? Like that doesn't help them out with their video brand. And like the, the part where I take real like, umbrage with this i would say uh to go a little craig mason Ooh, umbrage yeah umbrage is that most photographers i know also shoot video and most videographers i know also shoot photo and so when they start sharing still frames and i know this doesn't apply to luke because luke only does video but when a videographer starts sharing still frames what they're doing is promoting photography for themselves and since most of them are shooting with dslrs anyway it's like they're not only directly competing with you now they're using like the wedding they shot with you to compete with you and it's just it's a real bad look yeah i just i thought it was interesting because uh 
our dearest Luke McBride, uh, he posted this question into a prominent uh, wedding video Facebook group and uh, in the form of a poll in something like 75% came back saying that, yeah, posting stills is totally fine. Like, go for it. I imagine that the videographers wouldn't see a problem with that. Let's post something and say, hey, photographers, if you want to post a video, is that cool? Yeah. And I bet most of photographers would be be like, yeah, that's that's totally cool, man. I already do Instagram stories. I don't give a shit about the videographer who's hired to be there. Actually, it'd be very different with photographers because a lot of time if you have a photographer at the wedding, it doesn't necessarily mean you have a videographer at the wedding. But I have never been hired to shoot a wedding for video where there wasn't also a photographer there. I have. But we get hired all the time to shoot photo for weddings where there's no videographer. You've got one in your pocket. Uh, Steve, I always have an example. You've got a pocket, got a pocket full of sunshine. Sunshine in my pocket. I have not personally been hired to do this, but I was second shooting for someone who had. Oh my gosh. The epitome of a Dustin story. Yeah, no, I've got a story about this. I haven't personally, but I know someone who told me a story. No, no, I was at the wedding. I was at this wedding. Oh, were were you at the wedding? I was second shooting. Were you at the wedding where he told you about the wedding where he did video and there's no photographer? Or were you actually at the wedding doing video where there's no photographer? I was actually at this wedding. I was actually at this wedding because it was super awkward because uh, we always ask the, or excuse me, he always asks because um, I've learned most of how I handle video through him. This is my good friend, Brian Myers, who co-owns Anchor Films. You might know him. Okay, I'm going to cut that weird little humble brag plug thing out. That wasn't well, a humble brag. What the hell brag. was that? This I'm is my letting... good friend, this person, who owns this company. Everybody check out this person, this company. It has well, no, no bearing on the story, but whatever. No, but I, it gives validity to it because I know you know who it is. But we're making this podcast for the listeners, not for me. Yeah, but sometimes it feels like it's for you, Steve. <laughs> I can't help that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, we showed up to shoot this wedding and we asked, okay, uh, what time is the photographer arriving? And they're like, oh, we didn't hire a photographer because we assumed uh, we could pull stills from the video. Oh my gosh. And I know that the person who you were working with doesn't shoot weddings and hasn't for several years now. So this would have been before 4K. Even yes, and definitely. This is I mean, back five uh, D Mark two days. Oh man, maybe Mark three just came out. Either way, you're looking at 1080 at best. Yeah, because I was shooting on my D eight hundred. So did they end up pulling those stills? Uh, yeah, he ended up pulling stills, uh, about ten stills of the portrait session, just so they had something. Which surprisingly, he said that they told him they got like a eight by ten out of them, and they looked really good. But, yeah, it was like, I guess, a bit of a miscommunication when they booked where I think they must have asked if they could pull stills. And he said, like, yeah, like kind of nonchalant, like, yeah, you can, like, our videos are so good nowadays, you can pull stills from them. Now. But not, like, not in a reference point where you shouldn't hire a photographer and solely base your photos off of pulling stills from my video. 
I mean, I would like to issue a warning to all of our friends out there who are photographers. Like, videographers are coming up and they're going to eat your lunch because they're shooting 4K all day. And they can pull stills that'll be high quality. Where they can't match you is they're shooting horizontal all day. They they can't shoot vertical. <laughs> that's, that's the only place where you can beat them. <laughs> Which isn't much of a place to be, being that all of your shots are horizontal anyway, Steven. <laughs> That's just me, Dustin. <laughs> That's not the people listening. I've been oh. shooting a lot more vertical shots recently because uh, then it's easier to share to my Instagram story. Yeah, I was going to say, preparing for Instagram stories. I hate social media. It's ruining my life. The iPhone ergonomically is designed so much better to shoot video vertically. One-handed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the image stabilization in this new iPhone. Holy cow. It is. I've, and I want to say, take a moment to all the listeners out there who've been sending me comments on my Instagram stories video. And uh, everyone's been asking me what I'm shooting that on. It is just my iPhone Max or whatever this is. iPhone 10 Max. Yeah. No, the, the new iPhones are really, really, really good in low light. But they do have kind of like a hyper-realistic HDR, like, weird sort of look to them. But it's better than what we had before, which was iPhones that couldn't really shoot in low light, so. Yeah, I've been having a lot of people asking me about the uh, the video, like, the video portrait mode type thing I've been doing. Mm -hmm. Oh, and this is a thing, too. The iPhone X, the iPhone XS, and the iPhone XS Max, this is the first time that they've put out like the bigger phones where it's like, like ever since the seven came out, it's like the sevens camera is good, but the seven pluses camera is much better. And so uh, this is the first time where the 10 S and the 10 S max, they actually have everything the same camera wise in both of the phones. So you don't have to get the 10 S max to get everything Dustin's got going on photo video wise, because that's all included in the uh, 10s as well. That's right. It's not included in the 10R though. You get nerfed a little bit there. But I do love my phone. It takes some really cool looking stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the phone is such a good photographer. It's almost like it doesn't even need you. It doesn't. I'm lucky it brings me with it. <laughs> Dustin, do you want to do another question? Let's I think we got time for one more question, Steven. This one comes straight from Cassie May Moneyer. I know you guys have touched on pay for associate photographers, but what I would like to know, what are the pros and cons of associate photographers? What are the best tips for starting up associate photographers with your company? Dustin. Steven. Got anything to, to give me, baby? Well, you guys have been crushing the associate game uh, longer than I have. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Wedding <laughs> Are you going to do this thing again where you talk about how we've been crushing it so hard? <laughs> Even though you, you were you guys? you were on the last episode of the podcast where I was like <laughs> like please don't say that. Well, you guys have been. I hate you so much. Ah, uh, Dustin, Is, unless there's something you'd like to share with us that contradicts this point. You have associate photographers. You're doing associate I, hey, photography. Single, singular. Yeah, no. I mean, you're working it. You, you're booking stuff. I I would I would guess you're probably booking more than Jen and I. You are a high volume wedding photographer. 
two two weddings this year for our associate. Okay, Jen and I booked a few more than you. Okay, yeah, that's fair. We've had we have had our intern, however, shoot a about five events um, that are not weddings, like uh, galas, nonprofit dealios, birthday parties, and, uh, birthday parties, and um, she's been crushing it. So we'll probably try to figure out a way to work. She actually in. just finished up doing a documentary for you on the McBride family lineage. <laughs> That's how you have so much information on everything about Luke, right? We, yep. We flew her to Ireland. We flew her to Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. She is quite the McBriddle. <laughs> not, not the McElbride as, as you stated earlier in your convoluted story, just McBriddle. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> Sounds like she's a McDonald's menu item. Oh, yeah, no, I went to McDonald's this morning. I picked up two of them McBriddles. Well, so she, we sent her to discover the lineage of the McBride clan, and mm-hmm, what she mm-hmm. ended up unearthing was the discovery of the McGriddle, which was actually a translation error from the McBriddle. Mm, okay, yeah, no. Which went back to a brittle breakfast sandwich coined by St. Charles McBriddle. Oh, uh, yeah. No, no. The br- the Brittle Breakfast Sandwich. I'm well-versed in this. Uh, it was a sandwich made entirely of uh, ta- ta- toffee. Toffee? Is that, that the... Yeah. You could break your teeth on one of those. It was a candy snack for breakfast. In Ireland, the buh sound makes more of a guh sound. So McDonald's coined it the McGriddle. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. Mm-hmm. We have a whole expose coming out uh, early next year about it riveting stuff for our patreon listener riveting stuff it goes back and it even traces to the fact that the uh the griddle that you use to like fry up bacon maybe make pancakes in the morning you know getting all them good good breakfast foods in uh yeah that that was actually originally called a brittle because they broke so frequently correct Mm -hmm. and steve don't ruin our documentary before it even comes out dustin do you want to talk about associate photographers or not? Can we answer these questions? Sure. So associate photographers uh, begins much like it does for most people uh, for us, where essentially we had a what I'm calling a funnel of weddings coming in. Um, Are we talking about marketing can, funnels again? And you can only shoot one wedding a weekend. And you have a overwhelming amount of inquiries. And... After a while, you just get sick of turning them away, mm-hmm. and you try to figure out a way to capitalize on that. And we've tried out associates. We've had, what have we had? I think we've had three. Uh, I think we're on our fourth at this point. And um, just for the record, every single one of Dustin's associate photographers that he's worked with, the relationship has ended with Dustin looking at them and saying, "Et tu brute? Et tu brute?" See how good he is at it? He's had a lot of practice. This is, <laughs> why didn't you go to Italy? Why did you send your intern there? I've already been, Steve. Obviously. Because my, my last name is McKibben. <laughs> Mickle Kibben? <laughs> Distant relative to the McBride clan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so now we are on our fourth associate photographer. She started last year. Um, did a couple weddings for us last year. Uh, and we're trying to figure out a way to kind of hone and refine uh, what we're doing uh, in order to give her more weddings um, for the following year. Uh, 
So for 2019, we're we're thinking about potentially kind of doing a similar but yet completely different thing than what Jen and Steve are doing, where instead of having Jen Van Elk photography with associates and Redwood Lane, which is Steven, and trying to build Steven up into a similar price point and well, You prestige. don't want to build Steven up? Dustin, I thought we were friends. Steven, I Dustin? want nothing but to tear you I want nothing but to tear you down. I'm so sorry. Dustin, oh my gosh. Steven, I'm so sorry. Oh my god Oh no, Dustin, Dustin. I know, I know. Okay, shut up now. Um Yes, Daddy. Go back to your room. <laughs> but instead of instead of having uh a high end brand and then trying to build up a second high end brand, what we're thinking about doing is having a we're calling it like a value brand. Um, a Walmart brand? No, this wouldn't be like a l- an Aldi's brand. Low end. This would be like. Oh, uh, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Dollar General brand. Kind of be like the difference between like a Whole Foods and maybe like a Target. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. No, I think that's what you think it is. I think the real difference here is it's more like a Target and uh, a Dollar Tree. Um, so what we're thinking about doing is instead of trying to book our associate under our own Dustin and Corinne photography brand, moving the umbrella over to a separate name. So that way when brides inquire, Oh, Dustin, I got the best name for it. I'm waiting. Dollar Kibben. <laughs> Mick Dollar. Oh, that's good. Damn it, Dustin. I thought I had the best name. Obviously I'm. I'm wrong. You've been thinking about this longer than I have. Your marketing brain, which is just so much better than my marketing brain, just cranking out the good stuff. McDollar. Very good. Very good. So, yeah, I think that's what we're thinking about doing moving forward. That way, because essentially it's like we've just, we felt really bad this year. We didn't give our associate nearly as many weddings as we have in the past. And that's partly because two of her weddings got called off that she had booked because they disliked her so much and so yeah we're just we're <laughs> you're just gonna let that slide you should say no to that dustin so we want to maximize uh her revenue does your um, associate photographer listen to this podcast you should know, really steven. go back in time and say no to what i said steven i can't say things that i don't mean <laughs> Steven, don't have an asthma attack on the podcast. I don't know your address. I can't call EMS. Okay, I'm at my sister's house. She wouldn't know my address anyway. That's what I mean. I know your actual address. It's, as I say on the podcast, for millions of listeners. It's one, two, three, four, five, uh, Indiana, Noblesville Lane, Deer Hunter Street. Elm Street. <laughs> Deer Hunter Street. Camo Lane. Steve shoots guns.com. That's an, that's, that's a little bit about what we're doing with associates and it's an evolutionary thing, but you and Jen have kind of decided to go in a different route with your program. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, Corinne and I are really interested. To Please learn explain from... my program to me so that I know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, from what it sounded like last time we talked about this, you guys essentially have you know, the problem of having so many weddings coming in that you don't want to turn them away that you started booking other people out. But unlike me, who I had trouble finding associates that were reliable, 
you guys seem to be in, you know, no short supply of talented photographers. That's just the difference between the indie market and the Fort Wayne market. Oh, I 100% agree with you. I would say if you posted something about looking for associates in the indie area, Fort Wayne's only like two hours away. I think a lot of people would jump at that. Yeah, see, the the problem we ran into when we were looking for associates is part of the criteria I decided after the third attempt was I wanted someone who wasn't going to shoot weddings for themselves. Ooh, yeah, no, that's tough, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a tall order. So the person we currently have uh, who we love and adore and is amazing, she only shoots families and uh, like kids. And so there's never a fear of whether or not she's available on any given Saturday a year in advance because she's not booking any other weddings. Basically, the way it works for us is as a backup, if we book like an associate thing, then uh, we make sure Redwood Lane doesn't also book something on the same day so that if for some reason we don't have an associate who can shoot it, I can be the associate. Which is so what has how, ended up happening a few times this year already. So so walk me through this scenario here. Jen's booked and you get the email for, hey, Jen Van Elk, are you available to shoot the wedding? Jen's what? booked. She gets that email. She says, no, an associate could. Um, if they sign on and we don't have somebody already lined up, she sends me, literally Jen emails me a like contract thing reserving the me for that date the me <laughs> and i mean my 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 prices for redwood lane are not that much higher than the associate packages that we do so it's not that much of a loss for me to do like the associate thing it's something we're still figuring out and working our way through it's just like you had said like uh even though we had a lot of people who were interested in doing associate stuff for us not all of them were available on the dates when we had things come up because a lot of the associate photographer people who do like associate photography for other photographers in the indie area they might have their own business where they've already taken a wedding or something or they might be associate shooting for one or two other people and so like that's one of the cool things is like we were able to work with some people who also associate shoot for other people so like they had really great recommendations from other people, but at the same time, then it makes it a little harder uh, to actually book them because they might already be working for somebody else doing like an associate photography job for them. So, yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, there are some people who we wish we could just lock down and just be like, we can guarantee you X amount of weddings a year if you only shoot for us or something. But like, we're just not at the point where we could do something like that right now. So it's one of those things that's always frustrating because you're always trying to work through it and always figure something out. And I mean, the whole point of the, like the associate thing was so Jen would be shooting less and or, and or I would be shooting less and it just feels like I'm shooting more. <laughs> Let's back it up. Cassie asked, what are the pros slash cons of associate photographers? I gave her an answer on Facebook. The pros are you're working less like, you don't have to shoot those weddings, but you're still making money. The cons are, of course, as Dustin was saying, it's really hard to find reliable associates. 
you're not there at the wedding, so you don't actually know how the photos are going to turn out until later. So not only is it hard to find somebody who's reliable in the fact that like they could shoot every single wedding that you book for an associate, it's also hard to find somebody who you know is going to turn out the work that you want. So Jen and I had to do like a vetting thing. I think Jen interviewed 15 photographers before narrowing it down to like three photographers she really trusted um, based on how many weddings they'd shot in the past uh, and what their work looked like and their portfolios and stuff like that. And even then, like, like it's still kind of like a nail biter every single time you send an associate out because you you know their work's been good in the past but like you hear all these horror stories about other people who do associates so it's like you think you're going to be removing like a level of stress because you can book more weddings and you got these other people working for you but until like you've worked with somebody long enough that like you just trust them like you've actually added a ton of stress um oh, it's so, a tremendous amount of stress yeah, it becomes very stressful for you and then, you know, if you're booking a lot of associate like weddings and you, uh, like Jen and I do, you edit your own weddings, then you've got a lot more stuff to edit. Or even if you don't edit your own weddings, most people don't edit their own weddings, call their own weddings. So now you've got a ton more photos to call for every single week. But So, I mean, there's more work, but you can make more money. I know a photographer here locally that had an associate team and... Um, that team showed up and the bride and groom didn't know it wasn't going to be the head photographer, husband, wife team. And the other team ended up just being terrible compared to what the bride and groom's expectations were. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they got sued, like sued real bad. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was, uh, I never heard the uh, end result of it, but I know that they kind of went on the DL for a long time. Are they still working? Are they still making money? Have they transitioned think, into other fields? Um, I think that they're still shooting, but they don't like advertise. It's like only when people like contact them mm -hmm. and they don't have associate shooters anymore. I imagine if you get burned once, you're not coming back for most people. Yeah, I think it was a situation where her go-to second shooter, she just was having her shoot with her husband. Mm -hmm. And then she would shoot with her husband on those dates. And the second shooter just didn't have the confidence of like posing. And, you know, when you're first shooting, you have to have that sort of authority of getting stuff done. And it just, I heard way too many horror stories. Mm -hmm. So Dustin, what would you say are the best tips for starting up associate photographers with your company? So the biggest thing I would do is I would just train, I would find someone that you know and trust. I think trust is a huge element. You want to find someone that you would want to probably be best friends with, but also be willing to fire. Um, oh, that's a Dustin, that means you can never be associate photographer for me. Exactly. I just want to be and best friends with you. I'd never fire you, buddy. I know. And that's why you could always be my associate shooter. <laughs> But, um, but so yeah, it's like you want that person that, you know, if their child's sick, they're still going to show up to that wedding mm -hmm. and, um, you just, you need that level of responsibility and investment and you're not, it's really difficult to find someone that is going to care that much, especially in an economic climate that we're in where everyone just cares about themselves. So does that have anything to do with our economic climate? 
<laughs> it was the hot topic of conversation at dinner tonight. But um, oh, because your family's in town, so you get to talk politics and economics. Yep, good times, buddy. And so, first, you want to find someone that you trust, and then the next thing is you want to bring them to as many weddings as a second or third shooter as possible to really get a feel for a what their eye is, what their vision is, and then if you can. Uh, let them take over for part of a day on a wedding. Like you kind of act more as the second shooter, particularly during like family portraits or, um, you know, details, let them shoot the details. Um, or maybe you shoot the details and then you go let them shoot the details as well. Because I mean, essentially you are training them for a job and, uh, it's not something that you want to just throw someone into our, our current associate came to, I want to say eight or 10 weddings the year prior to her shooting for us Mm -hmm. as a third shooter alongside Corinne and I unpaid or paid. Um, I think some were paid and some were, some were paid and some were unpaid. Dustin, you didn't pay her. I pay in love, Steve. My love is so valuable to some. Mm -hmm. And that's why we started this podcast. So I could just pour, pour this love out. Wow. That was way too sexual. Best tips for starting up associate photographers with your company, Cassie, what Dustin said about bringing them on <laughs> as a second we shooter and a, or a first shooter or whatever and, you know, t- having them take over parts of the day. But I would say, like, maybe the very best tip for starting up associate photographers with your company is just add it to your website. And then anytime you get contacted for a wedding that you can't shoot... You just pitch them on an associate photographer because if you never start doing that, it's never going to happen. And so that very first time you sell one, you might have to scramble to find somebody to associate shoot for you. Yeah, Cassie, you might want to start training your husband or, you know, significant other. Or maybe, you know, train like a, a really smart dog with a GoPro on its head. Call it. Call it the pup package. Like, you, you don't know what a dog is capable of until you put it in that position. But then you have to be careful because the videographer might see that the dog is doing all the photos for the wedding and they might want to hone in on that photography space like Luke McBride. And so they might, you know, put some bacon bits in their pocket. Now the dog's distracted. All you get pictures of the entire night is the videographer's crotch as it's going for those bacon bits. You know what I'm talking about? Mm. Everyone likes Which is why bits. you can't trust a dog to be your associate photographer, Cassie. I'm sorry. Thank you for listening, listeners, to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast with Dustin and Steve. If you want to help us out, jump on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. If you want to connect, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Wedding Photo Hangover or on Twitter at Wed Pick Hangover. Or you can jump on into our Facebook group. It's just called Wedding Hangover. Um, you got to answer a few questions to get in, but we're going to let you in as long as like you're just super cool. Just super, super cool. Super cool. But if you're listening to this podcast, I already know you're super cool. Uh, if you want to find Dustin, he's on Instagram at Dustin underscore McKibben. And Steven is at Steven Van Elk. If you want to do even better than leaving us a review... Stop, Steve. There's more. There's more you could do. You can jump on to anchor.fm slash wedding photo hangover, and you can sign up to support the podcast monetarily because money speaks. (laughs) 
And speaking of speaks, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Your head is pounding. Your limbs feel like dead weight and your entire being aches for the sweet embrace of death. That's right. Next Sunday mm. after you shoot another wedding. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, hey, Dustin, I didn't mention this to you, but um, we've been doing the whole anchor support thing since sometime this summer was when it started. We're officially... We're now rich. We're rich. I wouldn't say that. I definitely would not say that. I can buy a boat. No. I can buy a boat. No. No, Dustin. Do not buy a boat. Corinne. You're going to lose... Call the guy. No. We're getting a boat. You're going to lose all your money, Dustin. Don't do this. Oh, we just bought a yacht, Steve. Jen, call call our guy. We got to sink his boat so he can get the insurance (laughs) money. (laughs) We need that boat sinker guy. (laughs) Is he a McBride? (laughs) Probably. Isn't that how the first McElbride died on the shores of Italy? <laughs> yes. Um, by an assassin. Doesn't no, we're we're technically professional podcasters now. Before this was just a hobby, but since this summer, we've officially transitioned into professional podcasters. Dustin, how does it feel to be a pro? Uh Steven, I don't know about you, but the moment this mic thing got mounted on my desk, <laughs> you started telling people you were a pro. <laughs> Every job I apply for, first thing on the resume, professional podcast E. Not er, professional podcast yeah. E. Yeah, and by every job he applies for, he means like when a bride and groom contact him. He just sends back, I'm Dustin McKibben, the professional podcast E. And then there's a disclaimer at the bottom, by the way, you could be put on blast on my podcast. (laughs) And I need all of your vendors to sign this saying that they could also be put on blast. (laughs) Love you, Luke. (laughs) Oh, come on. We didn't put Luke on blast tonight that hard. So would you say it was a soft blast? (laughs) Were you soft blasting your friend tonight? Let's just see if Luke ever writes in another question. I would love to get more questions from Luke. That was actually a really good question. I feel like a lot of people probably aren't addressing that, and that's why videographers think they can post still images. Well, and I think that goes into like social media being sort of like the wild, wild west, and everyone, it's moving at such a rapid rate that people are still trying to kind of pick up on what etiquette is. I would say uh, probably the biggest reason, and I think, I can't remember if Luke said something about this when we were talking to him, because Luke was on the shoot, Dustin and I were doing, and we talked with him about this question when we were on the shoot. And I can't remember if Luke said this or if somebody else said it, but somebody brought up that photos get more views and more likes on Instagram than videos do. And so you would get more engagement if you posted a still frame as opposed to a video. And all I can say I believe, to that is tough fucking cookies. Yeah, I believe I said that. Yeah. You, the medium that you chose was video. You didn't choose photos. And you weren't hired to do photos. So stop trying to to oh, stop trying to get in our turf, man. Stop this is a turf war, turf battles. Guys, uh, I apologize. Steve is very territorial. Oh yeah. Which is why the most. oftentimes we cannot record mm-hmm. uh, in person together. I'm like a cat in heat. <laughs> So many visuals. I just immediately picture you with a tail and cat ears on. Oh my gosh. In a flannel shirt. I've now ha- I now have my Halloween costume picked out. 
Uh, excuse me, Steve. Thanks for coming to our Halloween party. Um, so what? What are you? Uh, are you? Are you like a Spice Girl or like a, a cat? Uh, actually, John, I'm glad you ask. Uh, I am actually not just a cat. I am a cat in heat. Now, if you'll excuse me, I see you have a potted plant over there. I'm going to go <laughs> use the restroom. <laughs> oh, is that what they do when they're in heat? I thought it was something else. <laughs> they just spray all over. <laughs> That's what it's called, uh, Dustin, spraying. Oh, I know. My sister has five cats. Oh, I thought you were going to say your sister sprayed all over. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't say that. It's her wedding week. That'd be embarrassing and weird. Uh, different sister, but that's okay. Okay, okay, okay. How are you feeling for this wedding, bud? This is the wedding you've been dieting for all year, right? Yeah, yeah. And that, uh, uh, by the way, you've lost a ton of weight and you look really good. Seven months in, man, but I did break down and have pizza tonight. So. Well, I mean, this is the wedding week. You can start breaking down now. You, you yeah. can give up your wanton weight, wanton dieting ways. Yeah, this will be a, an interesting topic for perhaps two episodes from now <laughs> where we discuss... The episode you're going to do with Corinne? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to hear that one. Where we discuss what it's like for Corinne to be in the wedding, uh, myself semi be in the wedding and uh do photo and video that would be like me in the dominican i know it'd be like in the dominican the only difference is is we're at a crappy state park in fort wayne indiana oh so it's kind of the same thing without the without the swim up bars yeah you know what i didn't mention about the uh the wedding in the dominican or or alcohol at all so the best man forgot to bring his pants for the wedding his dress pants I was the uh, closest size-wise to him. Which is, uh, for those out there that don't know, is size perfect. Size perfect. Yeah, so he's almost perfect, and I'm perfect. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) so I gave him my dress pants that I brought to wear the wedding. And so I went to the wedding in jeans. I thought when I saw you on Instagram stories, I was like, wow, he's like really underdressed for this wedding. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I had like suit jacket, shirt, tie, dress pants, you know, like like what I would wear if I was shooting a wedding, um, typically, or if I was attending a wedding. And um, then when I gave the dress pants to him, I was like, all I have are jeans. And I was like, if I'm wearing jeans, I'm not going to wear a dress shirt or a jacket or a tie. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I was that. like, I'm leaning into this. My challenge to you, Steve, is to go all in like this the rest of the wedding year. Bye. Bye. That was disgusting. Wedding Photo Hangover was edited this week by Steve Van Elk of Bespoke Tone. Go to Bespoke Tone for all of your photo, video, and audio editing needs. Woo-wee.